You are Locked On Packers. He did what? Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Cousins is taken Part down. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Aaron Jones Your team broken it open every with day. a dagger of a run. We're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Today on the show, we have, of course, Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee for Zhao, you doing? How you doing? And we look forward to the Minnesota Vikings game this weekend. If you missed our show yesterday with Brian McKinney, former Vikings offensive tackle, he shared some some great stories about his time in Minnesota, the Randy Moss mooning incident, the first time he was in the huddle with Brett Favre, a lot of, of really good stuff there. So go back and check that out if you haven't. I want to talk a little bit today about the Packers um, in relation to what's going on around the league. And, and we're going to talk about Seth Roberts, who the Packers signed to the practice squad at the end of the show. I know we didn't get to that yesterday. We were running long already, and and uh, I, I just uh, I didn't want to try and shoehorn it in there. But I want to talk about the the standing of this team moving forward because when you when you watch Monday night, and you watch what the Rams did to Chicago. I was going into that game going, all right, let's see what this looks like. Because the Rams, the basis of that offense is what Matt LaFleur wants to be. Now, they they look different, but they run a lot of the same concepts. And they do it in different ways. And, and we don't need to get into the minutia of that part of it. But going into that game, I'm going, okay, the Bears have a good front. They rush the passer. And they've been pretty good in coverage this year. Jalen Johnson, as a rookie, has been outstanding. They still have Kyle Fuller, and Eddie Jackson is an absolute monster. He showed that again Monday with the fumble return touchdown. Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith, they've got players on that defense. So could the Bears be a team that gives Green Bay some problems in the way that, say, Tampa Bay did? And when Ben Fennell came on the show a couple weeks ago from The Athletic, X's and O's guru, he talked about being able to make the Packers play left-handed. Well, when you look across the league, there aren't that many teams who are really great against the run, although Tampa is one of those teams. Interestingly, though, the Packers have already played two teams that are supposedly 
really good against the run. When you look at defense adjusted value over average, football outsiders, opponent adjusted numbers, Green Bay had no problem scoring on New Orleans, had no problem scoring on Atlanta. New Orleans is fourth in rush defense DVOA, and the Falcons are seventh. The Bears are 10th in rush defense DVOA, yet the Rams were able to get whatever they wanted against this Bears defense. Akeem Hicks did not play particularly well, and it didn't matter who the running back was. You know, Aaron Jones is hurt right now, and we don't know what his availability is going to be. We don't have any sort of assurances he'll be around for, say, you know, the the two Bears games that the Packers have coming up on their season. But in the game on Monday night, it didn't matter who the running back was. Darrell Henderson, 15 carries, 64 yards. That's over four yards a clip. Malcolm Brown, 10 carries, 57 yards. That's almost six yards a clip. Cam Akers, their rookie, couldn't even get on the field because they didn't have any problems rushing the ball. They averaged... 4.7 yards a carry, almost 5 yards a carry on 34 rushes on Monday night against the Bears. I went in going, maybe the Bears can can create a blueprint here or at least least follow the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers blueprint. The Bucs are the number two run defense in the league. But as I said, the Packers have played these other run defenses that were really good. And guess what? The offense was still able to be productive. And in the case of both the Saints and the Falcons, Green Bay offensively was able to move the ball without Devontae Adams. Now, they had Alan Lazard in the first game, but against the Falcons, even without Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard, they put up 30 points on a defense that was able to to get them, you know, that could put up a fight in the run game at least. At least theoretically, right? Because just because a team is good at something doesn't mean they will be good at something in a given week. The Packers proved that against the Bucs. The the Packers are a very good offense, but uh, in week week six, they didn't look like one against a very good defense. But that doesn't mean that, that that's the deal, that that's who they are. You know, the Packers didn't run the ball well against the Falcons. Aaron Jones did. 15 carries, 71 yards. That's 4.7 yards per carry. But Jamal Williams didn't. A.J. Dillon didn't. Now, that was a little bit in garbage time. But guess what they did? They threw the ball extremely well with no one. Throwing the ball to no one. To to Big Bob Tunyon. And that's basically it. I mean, they didn't have anyone else to throw the ball to. In, in that game, it was Tunyon and Jamal Williams had 14 combined catches on 14 targets. They were great in that game. I don't think it's as simple as being able to say, okay, they can stop the run and, and that's it. And the Saints can stop the run and rush the passer. Because that feels like the blueprint, right? Stop the run, pressure Aaron Rodgers. Well, number one, that's really hard. And number two, we know that's not enough. We just know it's not enough. This looks more and more like a situation where that Buccaneers game was just fluky. It was it was wonky. And the other thing that's worth pointing out here, the Seahawks, for example, ninth in rush defense DVOA. They can't stop 
anybody. They can't stop anybody. They're 28th in defensive DVOA because they are the third worst passing defense in the league. If you can stop the run as Seattle can, but can't stop opposing quarterbacks, you cannot stop anyone in the league. And I'm including the teams with bad quarterbacks because if you are either selling out to stop the run or you don't have the players, Seattle, for example, no pass rush, like no pass rush and a mediocre secondary, it's hard to stop any NFL team. So I, I know that that Aaron Rodgers bristled a little bit at the, at the thought coming into the Texans game that maybe the Buccaneers had put together a blueprint that had figured this offense out. And Aaron Rodgers' response was one in five. One in five teams had figured them out. Well, now it's one of six. And this same Vikings team that we saw in week one get exposed is now going to go into this game without Yannick Ngakwe. And they have no pass rush, just like Seattle. And the corners aren't any better than the first time these two teams played. So unless you think there's some sort of built-in advantage and you know the fact that the Vikings are coming in one and 300 and their season's over has is some sort of advantage for Minnesota. I, I guess I don't understand how you can come away from this game going, oh, well, this is, this is a team that, that can put together the, the same blueprint. No, no, they can't. What Tampa did in that game was unique, potentially not just to the Buccaneers, but to that game, because we saw the Buccaneers not be that in these other contests over the course of the season. And I don't want to make this a referendum on what the Buccaneers are or aren't. But the point here is when you look at the teams around the NFC that Green Bay is going to have to face, when you look at their schedule, yeah, they still have a tough test against the Colts defense. You know, they're, they're top five in against the run and the pass. And they're, they're a legitimate defense. The 49ers are a top 10 defense against the run they're a top half defense against the pass. It looks like they're still going to be without their key guys, Richard Sherman and D Ford for the matchup on Thursday night here coming up next week. But, you know, they're a team that in, in both matchups were able to stop the run game and therefore neuter the things that Green Bay wanted to do. We've seen so far this season, you can't, you can't just say, okay, well, we're going to stop the run and that's going to be good enough. Teams have tried that. The Vikings, this is why this is particularly relevant to me this week. The Vikings tried that. They showed a ton of loaded boxes in week one. And guess what? Aaron Rodgers picked single high safety coverage apart all game because they didn't have the corners. They didn't have the, the safety play in that game, although we know we have they have the safeties. This, that's a really difficult thing to execute. So we are nowhere near a blueprint. I wish Aaron Rodgers would not take shots at the media, even if I think that question in particular was not ideally worded and it's not the way I would have phrased it. It's not the way I would have couched it in a question to Rodgers. But any suggestion that there is some blueprint or, oh, against physical teams, no, no, they had a bad game. And sometimes you have a bad game and that just is what it is. 
and, and I know that sounds like a cliche, but sometimes you just have a bad game. Sometimes you just have a bad game. The 2011 Packers won 15 of their 16 games. They lost to a garbage Chiefs team. A garbage Chiefs team. That was not proof that they were a bad team. No, they won 15 of their other games. Now, were they a 15-win team in reality? No, probably not, but they were a 12 or a 13-win team. Losing to the Chiefs is wild. Sometimes, as Aaron Rodgers says, shit happens. And that's the reality of the NFL. There isn't a blueprint here because teams that are able to stop the run and who were able to stop the run against this Packers team did not have anywhere near the success that Tampa Bay did. So I think that says this team moving forward still has plenty of answers against good defenses when they face them. And if you need better answers when shopping for car parts, rockauto.com is here to help. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oils, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need with a few easy clicks delivered directly to your Door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose from the brands and specifications and prices you prefer. Right now, go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know we sent you. We are back with another edition of America's Favorite Game. Lily Zhao joins us from Fox 6 in Milwaukee to answer the pressing question on everyone's mind right now. Zhao, you doing? Zhao, you doing, Peter? I'm doing great. <laughs> a lot better than last week, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. a, a lot more uh, jovial atmosphere that we get to have. It's not just like, hey, um, that was rough. So now what? We get to say, hey, look at that. They bounced back. So what was what was your top line takeaway from the 35 to 20 win that the Packers put together in Houston on Sunday? Well, it was that their offense, you know, when they play clean football, which is every team, it can execute at a high level. But I think what the encouraging part was, was that their defense kind of got back on track. We saw pressure yeah. up front. We saw much better tackling. And that was encouraging because it was kind of like, all right, we know what the offense can do, but can the defense make those next steps. And I really think they did, but what I think we have, and again, it, it's very premature, but Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes yeah. inside linebacker could be a pretty lethal duo if they play the way they've been playing. And, and that was after we found out Matt LaFleur told us that uh, he had not practiced. He being Kamal Martin had not practiced at the mic all week and they had to get him in there because Barnes got hurt and he, he played really well he spoke to the media on Monday and came off as a really impressive kid. I was I was told by multiple people, including people on the team, that he was the best linebacker at training camp. And if that's the case and they now get that guy, I mean, this defense really has a lot of talent on it. It does. And it, we want we want to see, you know, Chris Barnes come back as well. No, he got injured in the game, but it's it's really promising what we what you know the Packers have at the rookie in Martin because you have to wonder you know if he had been healthy this entire time maybe this defense would have taken a bigger leap earlier in the season but better late than never to get him in there and it, you know he was, <laughs> yep. he, we everyone had 
you know, our eyes on, on Kamal during training camp. And it was just a bummer to see him go down and, you know, be out for this long. But if this is what he can bring, you know, I think it's a really good sign of things to come. Indeed. And, and offensively, you know, they were able to do it uh, without Alan Lazard, who, who, you know, could be back in the next week or two. He's been able to, to practice a little bit in terms of just being out there, stretching with the guys coming off that core muscle surgery, but they also did it without Aaron Jones. And Aaron was pretty adamant that if it were up to him, he he would have played on Sunday. But now they go up against this Vikings team whose season is in the garbage. And they they just traded Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, what do you do with Aaron Jones this week? To me, it seems like maybe the smart move is just sit him. Well, you know, I, I talked with him on Monday and I asked him, how's her calf doing? Everyone wants to know. And he said, it feels good. <laughs> But in, you know, Aaron's very, you know, he's a very humble guy. So I was like, you know, are you going to make it to practice on Wednesday? You're going to practice. And he said, you know, I want to, but again, it's up to the trainers and the medical staff to let him know if he can be cleared for practice. So we'll see how that goes. But again, it's, it was the same with Devonte Adams. If these, if these guys aren't a hundred percent, they're too valuable of a piece to just put in there in the game, especially when you have guys that have stepped up these last couple of weeks. So again, if he's not a hundred percent, I would say a hundred percent sit him. Because you don't want to lose him for, you know, say he tears something, then you're screwed the rest of the year. So, well, especially we see this with with players, especially star players, where they're so valuable when they're out there that teams will say, okay, we're going to put him out there, but he's on a pitch count. He's going to play 10 snaps, 15 snaps. Well, with the short week coming up next week against the 49ers, I I don't know. It just seems like the prudent thing is just say, look, Aaron, you're going to be limited all week. You're going to get some work in. We're going to make sure that that you're staying fresh and staying sharp, but we just we just don't want to risk you on Sunday. Plus, and we saw this against the Texans. They had to manufacture some other ways to be successful on offense. No Tyler Irvin, no Aaron Jones. And so they just threw someone like A.J. Dillon out there, and, and he's doing all this stuff. He's running eight halfback go routes down the middle of the field. That's stuff that... They probably didn't even know or, or know for sure he could do. I, it seems like there's some value in letting Williams and Dylan get some more of these reps because they're going to need those guys in December and January. 100% because, you know, what you want to have is a really good stable of running backs. And so you want, you know, if your star guy is down and you don't want to risk it, why? Why risk it? You have two capable backups there. And I wouldn't even say Jamal Williams is a backup. I would say he's a number two guy, the one A guy. I should say. So, you know, Jamal is more than capable of taking, you know, the workload. And and he said, even after 19 carries following the game on Monday, he said, I feel reduced. So it's not like that (laughs) game is going to wear him out. And we, we love the energy that he brings. So, you know, worst case scenario, Aaron, Aaron doesn't play again, but in my mind, I wouldn't worry about it because you have a guy like Jamal and then you want to get AJ Dillon some reps as well. I know he hasn't really busted out any sort of big runs yet, but you just want to get, you know, the rookie to get his feet under him. So again, I wouldn't risk it if, you know, Aaron Jones isn't hundred percent. One of the big Packers related losses in the pandemic is not having more Jamal Williams and Lily Zhao interactions because you <laughs> had become the official Jamal Williams reporter. And, and this has really robbed you of that title. It's disappointing. I know, Peter, that's one of the things I was like, you know what? I kind of miss, well, number one, I miss seeing, seeing all you guys in person, but you know, it's also, we do miss the uh, little nuggets that we get in person with, uh, with a bunch of these players, especially Jamal. So, you know, I, you know, I might have some questions for him down the line that we'll, we'll get to some fun ones. Yeah. 
Well, and and he made headlines uh, last week when he he made a joke about Tom Brady not knowing what down it was, and yeah. and uh, I guess that was two weeks ago. It was for Buccaneers Week, uh, so maybe some bulletin board material for the Bucks. But uh, shout out to Game On Wisconsin and the Jamal Williams show. And by the way, I haven't mentioned this on the show, but go donate. They're doing a fundraiser over there for Jamal Williams and some charity work that he's doing. So go check that out. I will tweet the link from the Locked On Packers. Uh, account and my account. Let's talk about some trades here, Lily, because the Packers have been uh, mentioned in some conversations that I've had with people around the league. Hey, they're making calls. They're they're looking around on receivers. There have been some other names, non-receiver names, Quinn and Williams with the Jets. Are they trading him? Are they not? We, we don't really know. Uh, Stefan Gilmore was reported on Tuesday that, that he could be available in a trade. And then, of course, there are some receivers out there so what is intriguing to you about the conversations being had around Green Bay and the potential trade options there? Well, you know, I feel like for Packers fans, it's they want to see a wide receiver. And I feel like, you know, every year that there's kind of um, a clamoring for a certain position that fans <laughs> bring in, it never happens. So maybe this year, it's 2020, who knows? Maybe this is the year that Goody's like, you know what? I'm, well, he's not going to be like, I'm going to listen to the fans get a wide receiver, but maybe this could be the year where they actually get somebody uh, at the wide receiver position. But again, you know, I, I saw that, you know, they brought in Seth Roberts, the the vet veteran wide receiver from the Panthers. I know he's not like a big, you know, big name, but, you know, maybe that he's somebody who could help. But, you know, when you have it, when you have some names like Stefan Gilmore and Quinnen Williams kind of on the trading block and as a potential get for this team, even though it's on the defensive side of the football, I still think you can't go wrong getting, you know, talented players up front or in the back end there. So, you know, would I love to see a wide receiver be traded to the Packers 100%, but we kind of know how these things go. It's, you know, whatever kind of fans are clamoring for, it never really happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would be pretty concerned if a GM was listening to the fans when they're yeah. making these moves, but fans always want them to listen, so... I don't know. Uh, I think there are some names out there that would be intriguing to me. I think Wolf Fuller is is the perfect name. Uh, he's in the last year of his deal. He's someone that the Packers could choose to extend. Has a connection to Matt LaFleur. Uh, Will Fuller's breakout season at Notre Dame was, was the year that Matt LaFleur was the quarterback's coach there. So uh, some familiarity there. And, and we were early, Lily, on the J.J. Watt train. Uh, that really started to pick up momentum last week as the week went on and, and coming out of that game and after J.J. gave just a brutal press conference after the Packers win that that signaled, hey, look, I'm I'm really unhappy here. I don't know what the I don't know what the price would be to get J.J. Watt, uh, but I, I think it's something that teams are going to to consider. I don't know. What would you give up for Watt at this point? Ooh, that's a great question. I was going to ask you like a rhetorical, well, not a rhetorical question. I was going to ask you a question as well, but we'll get to that in a second. That's a good question. That's a really good question because he's one of those players where, you know, you have to figure if the Texans are going to trade into the Packers, they're not going to go for anything less than kind of equal or better. So it's kind of, what are the, that's a good, I don't, I'm not really sure. It's, you have to wonder what, like, what could the Packers trade up to get JJ Watt? You know, that, I'm not yeah. sure. Well, and, and given the the level of status that he holds in Houston and and not just organizationally, but in, from a community standpoint, he is such an icon there that uh, you, you probably have to overpay to make it work. I just think, look, you, you don't need to pay him next year. There's no guaranteed money on that 2021 deal. If you could get him for a day two pick, 
the ups, you're not going to draft anyone on day two in 2021 who's going to be better than J.J. Watt could be for this team. And just imagine, imagine the stories, Lily, Ooh. if the Packers traded for J.J. Watt and they won a Super Bowl together. Just like the, I don't know what <laughs> the world might end. I don't know. It would, it would just, it would be one of the all time great Wisconsin stories. It really would. And it would be a great turnaround for him because he's coming from a team that has just so struggled to a team that, you know, he would fit in really well in and could really help this defense flourish. So it's something that we would really love to see here on the media side of things. But I was going to ask you, though, what about Randall Cobb? Could they bring him back? Wow. Um, the <laughs> problem the problem with with Cobb is the is the money on the deal. I think Houston has to eat too much money to make that work. And and he again, if you're going to go through a rebuild, if you're going to bring in a new coaching staff, you need veteran players like Randall Cobb in that locker room. And and I think that's true of JJ Watt too, but it like he's JJ is double the cost of Randall Cobb. So it's a little bit different and and certainly uh, you know on the wrong side of 30 has the, has the injury history though Cobb does too. I don't know. I got a I got a message from a, a league source the other day. I, I asked them about something with the Texans, and his response to me was just, "Houston is a shit show," and <laughs> un- unfortunately, that's the reality. They, they don't have a coach. They don't because they don't have a coach who is also running their personnel side. It's like, do do teams even know who to call? I don't know. It, it, I think it's going to be hard to get any kind of deal done with Houston. Unfortunately. Maybe they call Deshaun Watson and say, hey, Deshaun, you know, what do you want? <laughs> Let's work together. They should. They should. Anyone, any any move Houston makes, they should run through Deshaun at this point, yeah. uh, including who they hire next. Uh, let's let's uh, wrap up here as we look forward to this, this Vikings game because the Vikings, the last time we talked, this was, it was week one. It looked like this was going to be a close competitive game. It doesn't look like it's going to be as close or competitive this week. The Packers are over a touchdown favorite. Uh, the, the Vikings appear to be waving the white flag a little bit, but it's still a divisional game. My concern as I look at this is they have the 49ers next week and they've got a struggling team in front of them. I know a divisional opponent, but a divisional opponent that at least in the Matt LaFleur era, the Packers have kind of owned. So are you at all concerned about a little bit of of look ahead potential where they're they're, they're juiced up for the short week against the 49ers and and don't come out with the kind of energy they need against the Vikings. You know what? You you would hope that, you know, and I feel like if we would have, if we were to ask the guys, they would say, you know, it, we're taking it one game at a time and you have to hope that that really is the case because like you mentioned, the 49ers are up on the road. They're just a couple of days away following that Vikings game. So you don't want, you don't want the mind to really wander there. But again, it's, they still have a team to beat. It's not like the Vikings are just going to show up and just lay down and let the Packers score 50 on them. You know, it's still going to be a tough game because every divisional game is tough and, you know, you never know what you're going to get. But with the Packers, again, if they just play sound football and just play the way they've been playing, it should be an easy win. But you don't want to jinx it and say, oh, it'll be, it'll just be an automatic win and then maybe we're in the fourth quarter and it's a tight game. So I think it helps that they are back at home. You know, hopefully these some of these guys are going to get healthy. But, you know, I think what's encouraging is that, you know, even if Aaron Jones doesn't play, even if a David Bakhtiari doesn't play, they have the guys to step up and, you know, make this game a lot easier to win than I would say in years past playing a Vikings team. Because, again, Daniel Hunter is not going to play. You mentioned Yannick Ngakwe got traded away. So it's going to be a different defense, which I still feel like Aaron Rodgers can, can pick apart in that secondary. 
Yeah, he did it the first time with Ngakwe on the field. So now take away their only pass rusher. And now I just, it's one of the, if this were, you know, uh, if this were the Texans game, for example, I think I'd be more concerned with the 49ers four days later. The fact that it's the Vikings, not just a divisional opponent, but the Vikings, a team that the Packers just absolutely love to beat, that would that that would create a little bit more uh, concern for me if they had to play, you know, a non-familiar opponent, a dangerous quarterback, offense, whatever. So I think they're going to come out more prepared for this. What you really want to see is get up and sit the guys that you need to sit. I mean, I, th- I think they can win this game without Bakhtiari, without Jones. I mean, if you just keep out all the guys that didn't play last week, you can probably still win. That's a nice luxury to have. It really is. And you have to still look at the NFC North. It's still a tight race there with the Bears. So you can't be letting up anytime soon because, yeah, they're still five and two, but they're still hanging in there. So it's the more separation you can get in the division, especially against your division opponents, and you're beating these guys that you love to beat, it's still a good Sunday. So, you know, I think this team has to really strap it, you know, strap it down and, and play some good football because if they can put together a quality win in all three phases, you know, that's going to set them, set them up really well for that Thursday night showdown uh, on the West Coast. Can't wait for that. Uh, and uh, I, I do think they're going to they're going to be focused and ready to go for this one. Lily, I appreciate it. Well, we will talk again soon. Thanks, Peter. Before we finish up here, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar is even more delicious than ever with six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and that's to go with stalwarts like German chocolate, peanut butter, salted caramel, toffee almond, peanut butter, brownie. All these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're also low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high Fiber right now. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. With the power of academic medicine, the Freighter and Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network makes more possible, more humanly possible for patients like Aaron Rodgers does for his offense. More innovations that lead to life saving treatments more breakthroughs for complex diseases, and more locations across the region so that academic medicine is never far. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. The Freighter to the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is Eastern Wisconsin's only health system. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care research to find groundbreaking cures in the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. Academic medical centers provide greater access to clinical trials, which can lead to breakthrough treatments and life-saving drugs. Freighter and MCW physicians have been a part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to treat, diagnose, and prevent diseases. It all adds up to more possibilities. And when we do everything humanly possible, you can too. To learn more, visit www.freighter.com. All right, we are going to talk about Seth Roberts this week. I promise you, we have, again, run out of time. Uh, just my my top line thoughts on this is he's better than Jake Kumro. And, and I, I think that says enough for right now. Uh, they are struggling with MBS assuming a bigger role. He has not played well in games without Adams and out Lazard. Uh, and, and they're trying to get guys like Malik Taylor involved in Darius Shepard. And, and I think that is troubling. I don't think 
the signing of Roberts to the practice squad, that's important, is an indication that they're not still going to try with some of the stuff that's out there. It was reported that the Packers had been in on Zach Ertz. Uh, I talked to some people who told me that is, in fact, uh, real, that calls were made and discussions were had before he went on IR. That is obviously no longer possible now that he is on IR because he cannot be traded while he is on IR. But Green Bay is still in the market for these things. And, and of course, Lily and I talked about some of the possibilities that were out there. So we can we can get into this more as the week progresses. We have our crossover Thursday episode tomorrow and, of course, our live stream on Friday. Remember, we've changed the date of that live stream. It's 5.30 Central Time now on Periscope just to give more people more opportunities to come and show up and hang out and have a beer with us and talk some football. Get your questions answered. Have some discussions. It's always fun to to talk uh, with, with Packer fans in real time. Of course, it gets into your podcast app a little bit. Later, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.